Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. I began writing what they call a mission statement. Not a memo, a mission statement. You know, a suggestion for the future of our company. What started out as one page became 25. Suddenly, I was my father's son again. I was remembering the simple pleasures of this job. How I ended up here out of law school. The way a stadium sounds when one of my players performs well on the field. The way we are meant to protect them in health and in injury. With so many clients, we had forgotten what was important. I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And I'm not even a writer. I was remembering even the words of the original sports agent, my mentor, the late, great Dickie Fox, who said, The key to this business is personal relationships. Suddenly, it was all pretty clear. Hey, I'll be first to admit it. What I was writing was somewhat touchy-feely. I didn't care. It was the me I'd always wanted to be. I entitled it, The Things We Think and Do Not Say. And welcome to the main event. I was kind of thinking about uh, changing the name of the show to The Things We Think, and you do not say, and we say I'm here on the main event, but uh, people are going to have a problem with that. Uh, But you know, we're going to talk about the things that everybody is thinking and not saying, but uh, we're going to say it all today. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender located in the city of Moreno Valley, also offices in Corona, Temecula, Downey, Westlake Village, and the city of Orange to service all of Southern California for all your real estate financing needs. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And one more time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get some information but you don't want to talk to me on the phone because it's just a little more personal than emailing or doing something online, go to my website, edhoffman.net, click on apply now, give me as much information as uh, you feel comfortable giving me, and tell me how much information you're looking for to uh, untangle your your real estate or financing web that you're uh, trying to get answers for, and you'll hear back from uh, either myself or one of my teammates, Matt Bradbury, Randy Sampius, Alex Rojas, or Justin Clark, and we'll get you all dialed in. Uh, if there's something that you uh, that you want to hear repeated, also on edhoffman.net, you can click on listen to the main event, hear this show as well as four past shows. And uh, if uh, not there, you can get me on iTunes as well, and just search Ed Hoffman in the under podcast, and you can uh, you'll see all my list of podcasts. You'll see this show, four past shows, and you can subscribe for free, where it will uh, automatically download once a week. 
to your iPhone, your iPad, your iPod, your computer, or any other device that you use. Uh, iTunes on, or you can get me on AM 590, the answer, the podcast there too. So basically, if uh, you hear something you want repeated, there's plenty of places to find it on the web. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter, at Ed Hoffman, where I'll tweet about current events all week long, and you can like our show on Facebook, uh, search uh, the main event 590 and find the show, and my weekly opinion columns in IE Business Daily, iebusinessdaily.com. Click on the opinion tab, you'll see my full list of columns because everybody's got an opinion and everybody's entitled to mine in my opinion in my opinion so we got a lot to talk about and joining me in the in the studio my co-pilot purveyor of uh, uh, don's bikes in rialto and redlands uh one of the top 100 bike uh bike shops in the country mr scott McAvee. yo ed it's great to be back kicking it in the house with you again absolutely and uh you'll be back with us to discuss the uh the uh, debate next week, yep. and uh, and you will be taking over the mic by yourself on the on the final show of the year. I'm gonna I'm gonna let Scott sit in the in the pilot seat while uh, Don and I are in uh, in Mammoth skiing for a week. So uh, I'll hold down the fort, Ed. I'll, uh, I'm entrusting <laughs> I'm entrusting the golden the golden main event mic to you. Nice. I've never done that with anybody, and so consider it can, can consider yourself anointed. I am flattered, Ed. So let's let's get into what's what's going on this week. Uh, you know, one week after the terror attack that killed 14 people in San Bernardino, we're still trying to sort out law enforcement's facts on the uh, from the media's fiction because we're here, we're here. There's a there's a whole bunch of eyewitnesses there, and there's a whole bunch of local cops, and whatever they spin on on TV, we're talking to them because they know us, because the cops, the cops, the FBI. The SWAT teams, the the uh, the sheriff's department, the sheriff's department, CHP, and and the county workers that were there all have friends, and when they don't hear the truth coming out, they're talking to us. They're talking to us, and I'm trying to pass on as much as I can without getting anybody in trouble. So the media is blowing smoke up our behinds, and uh, you know one of the many messages the national media is trying to shove down our throats is that Syed Farouk was a good all-American guy who was a peaceful Muslim until he met his Pakistani-born wife, Tafshin, Tashfeen, I think that I think we spelled that wrong, Malik, Otherwise, other, in other words, um, ugly Muslim chick. Um, I think that's what it means. I think Saeed Farouk is Arabic for climate change. Um, and here's a perfect example. CBS News is talking to San Bernardino County employee who worked with Farouk. Farouk's co-worker Christian Wadiki tells CBS News he's certain the marriage changed Farouk. Do you believe that he was radicalized? Yes, by the wife. I think he married a, a, a terrorist. He married a terrorist. Yes. Most puzzling say friends, Farouk would be a good father and would have wanted to live a life with a family. Who wouldn't want to be a good father? He has a six-year-old baby. Six-month-old. Six-month, that's what I meant. Yes, uh, you know, again, as you said, I mean, the, the difficulty about well, the situation in general is that it, it's very personal. It happened close. We know firefighters. We know law enforcement that were involved in it. Uh, we know people who know people that were in the building that were attacked. So we do know more details than in many cases you're saying the media will even let on. So we'll certainly be. And quite about- frankly, you and I talked and compared notes to the people that you know what they said and the people that I know what what they've said. I said what I was allowed to say last week. And since then, half of the stuff that we couldn't say last week has come out. 
Correct. Well, not only that, but there's stuff that hasn't come out that we know. And I'm, it's weird because I felt that I knew more about this case than like the media did within 24 hours. Um, and, uh, and again, that's some of the stuff we're going to talk about today. Yeah, exactly. On Monday, on Monday. So that, that last clip was, uh, uh, was a, co- a few days ago. The Monday terrorism author, uh, Mia Bloom told Megan Kelly, the details about, uh, Tafshin Malik's life. Apparently she enrolled in a two year course of translation and interpretation of the Quran. She didn't finish the course. She was only there for one year. And according to the Pakistani ta- counterterrorism analyst, uh, Aisha Sadiqi, this is actually, this, uh, this particular seminary is known to radicalize girls with the intent of influencing the entire family. Yeah, and that was somewhere in the Middle East. They didn't say whether it was in Pakistan or Saudi Arabia, but... but we're we're going to assume it was in Saudi Arabia because that's where she actually moved to. Uh, but they got comments from the Pakistani people, whatever it is. Okay. You know what? The Middle East, the Middle East is not just the Muslim problem. It's a Middle East problem. Right. Um, and then in response to, so uh, then in response, here's what counterterrorism expert Dr. Sebastian Gorka had to say. Being radicalized make it, makes it sound as if something is being done to these poor people. We didn't talk about Nazis being Nazified or communists being communized. These aren't people that are being brainwashed. They are choosing the life of jihad. So I would like it if you know, we could start to analyze this in ways that don't make inferred excuses for the actual perpetrators. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we re- and we hear Obama saying, "Now the Republicans are afraid of women and orphans." Uh, I think so. Uh, if they're if they're if they're uh, if they're terrorists, yes, right. Well, it's obvious they're part of the problem. I mean, women who are radicalized. And the funny thing is, I remember when I first got the details on this, and it was announced that it was a woman. Initially, it was reported she was wearing body armor uh, and shooting at cops. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, okay, let's look at the scenario. There's two people. So first of all, this was not the the crazy guy that goes into movie theaters and shoots it up. But the fact that it was a woman, I'm thinking, you know, it's not a black woman. It's not a white woman. It's not an Asian woman or Hispanic woman. I can only think of women from the middle east when i think of a gal uh, coming out and shooting at cops uh am i wrong no i'm not you know what we're we're racially profiling which apparently makes us bigots but um i'd rather be a, a live bigot than a dead Dem- obama follower <laughs> so the fbi the fbi uh over the past week they've been leaking out some hits and misses here on the details of the investigation over the past week the fbi had uh Um, some hits and misses in the eyes of the public when it comes to investigating Farouk's terror plot. Here's what Los Angeles FBI field officer David Baldwich, David Baldwich, addressing the scope of the investigation. This investigation is massive in scale. Everyone knows that. We have conducted between, I would say, well over 400 interviews by now of people around this city. And I know some of them have called you and said they've been investigated or uh, interviewed rather. Uh, that's fine. We, we, that's what we do, and we'll continue to do as many interviews as, we, as necessary for this. Seems like they could have done that a little sooner. Yeah, well, time is of the essence, and that's certainly one of the problems with waiting so long to call this an actual terrorism attack. 
uh, because what happens is, and this is coming from one of my sources, when something's actually called terrorist as opposed to workplace violence, as opposed to, uh, oh, I don't know, just some random shooting by some nut job, is that a whole different set of protocol goes into effect, meaning that worldwide surveillance goes into effect, federal government money, an unlimited amount of federal government money will be put into resources um, as opposed to just local money if it's a local incident. So there was a lot that I think we lost time by waiting so long to call it what it is. Yeah, in fact, um, what we find out – well, let's talk about what some of the things that have popped up yeah. this week. And uh, and then how come – you know, we have Homeland Security Department. How come nobody knew about this in local law enforcement? And my hat's off to all the local law enforcement that, that got this thing under wraps quick. And uh, and quite frankly, for the ones ones of you that are that are communicating with key players to keep those of us that are local um, informed and and uh, alert to what's going on, um, I know you guys are told you're not supposed to you're not supposed to talk, but you know you you communicate with your loved ones and your loved ones communicate with everybody else. So we know because the Obama administration is all about making sure that it just doesn't look like. He's not in control because he isn't. But let's talk about what uh, some of the things that have popped up. Um, there was a $28,000, $28,500 deposit made to Saeed Farouk's bank account from webbank.com on or about the 18th of November. So he apparently that he took out a personal loan for $28,500 uh, on the 18th. He took out 10000 of it. He took out 10000 of it on the tw- two days later. Um, and what did he do with that? I don't know what he did with it. Um, and then he took out three $5,000 withdrawals, gave it to his mom, uh, over the next, over the next week. Cause it was, uh, between, it was, you know, about a week, week and a half. So he pulled out money and gave it to his, his mom, uh, during that time. Uh, Farouk had multiple photos of a Carter high school in Rialto on his cell phone. Now, this campus is one of the many schools that Farouk was responsible for inspecting as part of his county health inspector position. Um, In response, the bomb-sniffing dogs were brought to Carter High and 10 other San Bernardino County campuses this week. Um, Despite the discovery of the photos, the FBI says it has no definitive evidence that the campuses were on Farouk's list of future targets. I don't know that I believe that because it's coming from the media. It's coming from what they're telling the media. But if they got the bomb sniffing dogs, I trust that dogs would say something if they smell, smell something that's going to explode. Excuse my scratchy throat. Hopefully by, uh, by the end of the month, I'll be done with this. Uh, next Farouk's former neighbor, 24 year old Enrique Marquez of Riverside purchased the two assault rifles used in the attack sometime in 2012, the same year he converted to Islam. I don't know. What is it about? There's no religion that 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 uh that promotes violence and killing people, but but it does uh but you know you convert to Islam you buy AR, two AR fourteen AR uh, AR fifteens, um, immediately following the attack, last Wednesday the Wednesday before, immediately following the attacks Marquez posted to Facebook, I'm very sorry guys it was a pleasure, and then he checked himself into a mental health facility. Well, that doesn't sound like he was involved. So he bought the guns. As soon as it was over, I'm very sorry, guys. It was a pleasure. And then he checked himself into a mental health facility. I guess that keeps him from being shot in two, by 200 uh, bullets at the same time when the cops catch him. The FBI searched his home and seized several items last weekend. County records indicate Marquez is married to a distant relative of Farouk. 
Uh, so he's a sister-in-law's sister-in-law's sister, um, married in 2014. But neighbors have told the media that the two were rarely seen together. Uh, yeah, because you guys sleep at night and they don't. Um, Thursday afternoon, the FBI dive team searched uh, some place called Seacum Lake Park in San Bernardino. I hear it's a big uh, scuzzy pond, um, but they went in there anyway. Um, in the press conference at 3 o'clock, David Bodwich told the media that the search was related to the attack, so they're looking for something in some uh, four or five feet deep pond in San Bernardino at Seacomb Lake Park. I hear it's a, kind of a scuzzy place. Um, not, to in, not to infer that San Bernardino is not beautiful paradise that we all know it is. Uh, but despite the good work the agency is doing now, FBI Director James Comey admits it dropped the ball on certain details prior to the attack. This week, Comey told the Senate Judiciary Committee that the FBI missed certain warning signs when approving Malik's K-1 visa, that's also called a uh, fiancé visa, uh, since Farouk and Malik discovered jihad and martyrdom as early as 2013. They discovered jihad and martyrdom in 2013 together. Isn't that romantic? Let's play the clip. San Bernardino involved two killers who were radicalized for quite a long time before their attack. In fact, our investigation to date which I can only say so much about at this point, indicates that they were actually radicalized before they started uh, courting or dating each other online. And online, as late as, as early as the end of 2013, they were talking to each other about jihad and martyrdom before they became engaged and then married and lived together in the United States. Uh, we also believe they were inspired by foreign terrorist uh, organizations, uh, we're working very hard to understand exactly their association and the source of their inspiration. We're also working very hard to understand whether there was anybody else involved with assisting them, with supporting them, with equipping them. And we're working very, very hard to understand, did they have other plans, either for that day or earlier? And that work continues. And I want to say one thing. Uh, what, where do you meet other uh, Muslim jihadis online? Is that jihadharmony.com? Is that what that's called? Uh, it, could, it could be Jihad Harmony or uh, or uh, lightamatch.com. There you go. Something like that. I, I picture like this website with pages of women wearing burqas and all their profiles say, uh, yeah, I want to kill infidels and I've sworn allegiance to ISIS. And these poor Muslim guys are looking going, gosh, they all sound so good. I don't know who to pick. I know. And, it's getting, and there's nothing like uh, a little jihad and martyrdom to get those romantic juices flowing while you're while you're having a uh, uh, internet internet romance absolutely and uh let's see what's other, what's that other one that over 51 this is the our time this could be um their time hey let's meet on their time all right it's their time their time's up their time's up come meet your match we could we probably could have thought this out we could yes, have we could. <laughs> we could have had this be a whole chuck woolery thing yes okay so so beyond that okay were there three shooters now um I don't remember if I talked about this last week, um, but I know that one of my employees uh, knows somebody who's an employee at the facility there who wasn't in the room. But apparently this uh, this regional center in San Bernardino has a big meeting room and there's offices around it and the, and there's windows from the offices into the big room. So there's people working there that could see in like an aquarium, but weren't actually in the room. And And I know that uh, one of my employee's friends said, who I don't know her name because um, she doesn't want me to say it on the radio, um, said said that uh, she walked in. She was at her desk when the three military-dressed 
attackers walked in with guns and started shooting, and there were three of them. Um, I understand that uh, she was questioned, and then off she went uh, to a on a trip. Um, but then I heard I wasn't supposed to say anything because it hadn't come out, and that they were still because they originally remember they originally said there were three of them, and then they said ah that person was just running in the parking lot trying to get away. Right, and that was my understanding too. And the sources that I know had told me that the that the third suspect that was originally in custody was let go because it was felt he was not related to what happened. No, he had a gun, but uh, but now the media is finally starting to pick up on the detail that some of us already knew about. Um, three shooters, not two. In fact, two eyewitnesses spoke uh, spoke about seeing three shooters within hours of the incident on CBS Evening News um, in uh, uh, Inland Regional Center. Employee. Uh, named uh, Sally Akamadad Gina. I don't. I don't have her. Uh, uh, Brooke, who typed up my uh, just call my, her Sally. my notes. <laughs> my notes didn't think I'd be able to uh, pronounce it anyway. So, uh, but Sally spoke with this anchor Scott Pelly on what he saw, on what she saw. As we look out the window, a second set of shots goes off, and it's just pop, 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 pop. and we saw a man fall to the floor. Then we just looked, and we saw. Three men dressed in all black military um, military attire with vests on. They're holding assault rifles. And she she described the first shooter uh, she saw walking into the room. And listen to what she says at the end of her at the end of her interview. He he had a huge assault rifle and he had extra ammo. He, he's coming ready for he's coming ready for something to reload. I don't know. He had like magazines. Um, I couldn't see what else I saw. It was I just saw three dressed exactly the same. You're you're certain that you saw three men? Yes. No, she didn't. She didn't hesitate. Just said yes. And of course, that wasn't only the employees inside. Uh, there was an outdoor witness. Juan Hernandez saw three shooters exiting the building and leaving. Now in the infamous black SUV. Although he wasn't sure if it was an SUV or a Impala, but let's play what he said. When we, where I was at right here, we seen uh, there were three white men in uh, military fatigues um, taking off. What so, were they driving? Uh, it was was it a black was it black Impala, yeah, SUV, no, uh, SUV, or yeah. You think that they might have been the shooters? Yeah, the way they were driving, yeah. Yeah, could you uh, could you shut off your lawnmower while we're doing the interview? <laughs> Sound effects. Exactly. So. Um, so apparently, apparently, there were three. Didn't seem to didn't seem to have any uh, have any hesitation about that. Right. Well, yeah. Again, you have two people reporting that. Most of the other information we'd be giving there was just two suspects. Um, but you know, again, there are other details that haven't come out, and we'll talk about that whenever you're ready. So. Oh, correct. We well, we can uh, we can talk about. We got about three more minutes before we go on to the truth. You know what? Uh, hey. Uh, uh, one thing that I'll I'll put in here, Bill Whittle spoke at a of the af, of afterburner fame and fire fire flamethrower and uh, PJ TV. Bill Whittle, if you've seen any of his videos, they seem to go uh, get spread around, get viral on the internet. He spoke at the uh, Redlands Tea Party um, uh, Christmas party this week, and he had some he had a few things that I actually tweeted out. He said, number one, uh, we are not in Although Obama says we're not at, at war with Islam, Islam is, in fact, at war with us. And they are, in fact, uh, 
at war with not just us, but the French and the English and the, and the Germans and everybody else in the world. They're at war with everybody who's not Islam. Um, he mentioned that the radical Islamic people, no, hey, there, there, are, there are nice, peaceful, peaceful, uh, good people who are Muslim. They're the radicals. Because the Quran, based on what the Quran says, ISIS is following the book. Following the, the book, the instructions out of the Quran to the T, and that is Islam. And the people, the, the nice people who are Muslims, they're the radical they're the radicals because they're going off off the course. Um what was the third thing that he said that I wanted to put out there? Uh oh yeah. Islam. Islam uh means submission. And he goes and if and if with Islam meaning submission, America means rebellion. Because we don't we don't submit. And we have to remember what made America great was we're not taking we're not taking what the what the crown in England is saying. And we're not taking taxation without representation. And we're not doing this and we're not doing that. That's how America got started and that's what America's about. It's not about submission, it's about rebellion. Right. Well, obviously, you know, when you, I, I've stopped using the word radical Islam a long time ago and just called it Islam, uh, at the very least, the others that are more moderate are not part of the solution. Uh, they're not speaking out. Um, I mean, we hear like one or two people. And it's the same people every time that's on Fox or on the radio that's denouncing this kind of behavior. It seems like the majority of the rest of them are pretty much silent. Uh, exactly. And uh, as a result, as a result, it's... Uh... I've got I've got one one eye over my back. I'm watching I'm watching uh I'm watching where I'm going because I realize realize that you know the two mo- the two the two most uh, wanted people out there are Scott McAfee and Ed Hoffman out there right now. So uh, hey, we're out of time <laughs> we're out of time for part one. Uh, stay tuned for uh, five minutes of uh, traffic weather commercials, and we'll be right back with part two. Hey buddy, I'm not paying you to hear your thoughts on life. I'm paying you to sing. Well, I have a microphone. And you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Yes, you will. Yes, you will. You'll listen to every damn word we have to say because we got the mic. Welcome back to part two of the main event. I'm Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk about a lot about mortgage financing because we all sell the same product. We all have the same rates. Everything's basically the same in the mortgage business. But if you need some some uh, mortgage financing and you need to uh, talk to somebody who thinks like you do, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020. In here with my co-pilot, uh, Mr. Scott McAfee of Don's Bikes. Hey, uh... I probably need to come see you. Yeah, you do. And by the way, if anybody out there does need a bicycle for the holidays, whether it's for yourself or for a loved one, come by and see us. Got two locations, one in Rialto and one in Redlands. So we'll take care of you on your new bicycle. Do you have uh, do you have the low-end bikes too? And we top- got everything. I we know. got entry-level and expensive stuff and real nice stuff too. Cool, because uh, what was it? Toys R Us buying uh, buying toys. We sponsored a uh, foster foster facility and we uh, our company, we bought uh, Christmas gifts for 139 kids. Wow. And uh so we we each took how many kids we want. I say, hey, I'll 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 volunteer for me and Don will do twenty kids at fifty bucks each. You know, we spent fifty bucks on an average. Some kids got twenty five and some kids got seventy five, but two of these little kids asked for bikes and I'm looking at these little bikes at Toys R Us. Um I said Those I, don't really count, Ed. I don't really I didn't think they counted. <laughs> 
But I thought, you know, two foster kids who don't have parents that aren't going to have Christmas mm. are going to be thrilled with them, and I'm sure, sure. they'll last till next Christmas. Well, they'll Hopefully. probably last a couple of weeks, but we can talk about that sometime exactly. later. <laughs> exactly. I know when I when I buy my kids, uh, I'll go to the I'll go to the the more uh, I'll go to Don's bikes. Thank you. Adam. But my kids are adults now, so they can buy their own kids. All right, I'll send them over there. But Don and I need some bikes, so we'll come see you. So uh, so where were we? So the truth about Islam. So this week, Donald Trump has taken more heat than ever because of his most recent proposal, and we'll talk about it. We'll play it right here. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what the hell is going on. We have no choice. We have no choice. I honestly don't have a problem with what he's proposing. I know that he probably should have said, let's shut down immigration from Middle Eastern countries. I know it wasn't politically correct for him to say Muslim, but we all know what he was saying. And quite frankly, I think that's common sense. Well, yeah, I get it. And a lot of times it's not what he says, but how he says it, that kind of gets him into trouble. Um, You know, to me, I would have been more specific. I would have said we need to stop immigration from all hostile countries like Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Yemen, the United Arab Emirates, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and any other country that ends in a stand. Uh, I would agree. I would agree. And I'm I'm actually surprised that that our uh, our president doesn't have the the brains or the the brains or the uh, guts to do something like that, because we actually had the the form the former worst president in history, Jimmy Carter, did just what we're talking about back in uh, 1979, was it? Yep, during Let's... the Iranian uh, the Iranian hostage situation. Exactly. I think we have a clip on that. Saying that Iran must pay increasingly heavy costs now, the president ordered four steps immediately. A complete break in diplomatic relations. Iranian diplomats must leave the United States by tomorrow midnight. Official sanctions prohibiting exports to Iran. The exporting of even food and medicine is expected to be minimal or non-existent. An inventory of frozen Iranian assets of over $8 billion in this country and steps toward using the money to pay claims of Americans against Iran. And a virtual shutting off of all Iranian immigration into this country by refusing new visas to Iranian citizens. It's amazing that he could do that. You know, Ed, you know, the sad thing is Jimmy Carter actually sounds competent compared to Barack Obama, <laughs> you know? He does, and, and there's nothing about Jimmy Carter I like except for that. No, he's now the second worst president of all time. Yeah, so he got knocked off He got knocked off his throne <laughs> or his uh, out of the dungeon, out of the dungeon. And, um, uh, you know, he, if, you, if you look at Jimmy Carter at the, at the end of the movie Argo. Yes. Um, uh, he has a little statement right before the, right before the, where he talks about, Hey, you know, had we, you know, we tried to send in the, the, the black Hawks in there to, to rescue him And it, it was a failed thing. And he was just, he's, he's happy that he's happy that, that these guys were released and he got credit for it cause he happened to be president and, uh, uh, just, you know, he's just a wimp. Yeah. Carter was pretty bad. He's a, he's a, he's a weak I can't, I can't say it. I can't say it. So, and this has prompted many famous people like Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg to voice support for the Muslims around the world. And uh and Zuckerberg, and you know what? If you've seen the if you've seen the the movie Social the Social Network, 
there's a there's a part where uh, Jesse Eisenberg, who plays Zuckerberg, says, "If you guys were smart enough to invent to have invented Facebook, you would have invented Facebook." And uh, and I give him credit. He inv- he invented something that took off that millions of people use. Millions of people use it productively, not just to waste their time and pass out and spend their day wasting their boss's time while they're on the clock. Um, they use it. They use it to market. They use it, and and it employs a ton of people. And I give him credit for that. But there's a guy who got who made too much money too fast, too young, and doesn't appreciate what the rest of this world does. And uh, as a result, um, he just thinks that's how America is. So he he may put out a statement. As a Jew, my parents taught me that we must stand up against attacks on all communities. Even if an attack isn't against you today, in time, attacks on freedom for anyone will hurt everyone. If you're a Muslim in this community, as a leader of Facebook, I want you to know that you are always welcome here and we will fight to protect the rights, your rights and create peaceful, safe environment for you. I don't know if I really care about his, his opinion on political. It's almost like as, as the leader of the free world... I know, you know, it's, and I said, and I said to myself, as soon as I heard that on the news, and I said to myself and my and my wife, Don, who the hell does he think he is? He, he sounds like he thinks he's the president. He sounds like he thinks he's. I, I mean, I know Facebook is is big. It's bigger than anything our president has ever done. But you know what? Sometimes it's better to be uh, thought a fool and you know be silent and thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. I'm going to put Mark Zuckerberg. I know no one's going to going to. I know you guys are too uh, hooked on Facebook that no one's gonna going to uh, boycott Facebook, but I'm going to put him right up there with Quentin Tarantino. Of uh, if I have any at, at all cost, I will go out of my way and make sure that I don't spend any money that he goes that he gets. But uh, but I want to close today with some comments from a man who calls himself Brother Rashid. Now he's a 44 year old former Muslim whose father was well known imam in Morocco. Now a Christian, Rashid is one of the most outspoken converts in the world. He gives his thoughts on ISIS, which Barack Obama calls a death cult, that is not true to the nature of Islam. He has choice words for Obama on that. And um, you know, we and before we came in to, to record, we were talking about Obama's speech last Sunday night, um, where he basically, you know, instead of talking about terrorism, instead of talking about terrorism, he basically said, um, "Let's make sure that that we don't backlash on." On the peaceful Muslims, people, peaceful Islamic people, he said we need to to do something about gun control. Um, what else did he say? Well, it was an awful speech. Uh, the good news is it was short, which is kind of unusual for Obama. It's almost like his handlers told him, "Look, just get up there and say about five minutes worth of the usual crap, and people will feel better." Uh, but as you said, there was there was a lot of it was gun control. Uh, our current plan is working. And uh, and he told us also what he's not going to do, like we're not going to put ground troops in there. Um, he praised law enforcement. Uh, of course, that's after years of bashing them. Um, and he really did nothing to assure Americans of their safety and security or, or even a new course of action. So, yeah, exactly. And, you know, basically, um, you know, people are scared. People are scared, especially. And, and I don't know how everybody feels across the country. I have an idea. But especially here in Southern California, you know, we're this happened in our backyard. Right. People are scared. I will tell you, I went to a Bullseye Sports and saw my friend Vince over there who owns it and uh, spent about three hours in his shop. Eh, maybe not quite that long. Um, spent a lot of money on some guns. 
uh, I got some really cool dinosaur killers and uh, something for a concealed carry. And that place was packed. If we only knew the gun business was going to be so lucrative. I know. If only, Ed, we would have bought stock. Maybe it's not too late. I know. Actually. I think it's probably. I'm, I think it's probably. Uh, I think by the time you get licensed to sell that stuff, it'll everybody will already be armed. Right. Or the outlaw bullets. But you know, if we if we only knew the the gun business is kicking butt, and everybody should get a gun. We'll see how much time we have to spend. Uh, Judge Janine had some comments on that, but let's talk about what Brother Rashid said. Yep. Uh, let's uh, let's play the first clip from this guy, Brother uh, Rashid. Allow me to correct you, Mr. President. ISIL is a Muslim organization. Its name stands for Islamic State. So even the name suggests that it is an Islamic movement. Their leader, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, holds a PhD in Islamic studies. I doubt you know Islam better than he does. You know, but I've heard uh, Obama speak Arabic, and uh, he sure seems to... I think he's a Muslim. There you go, getting conspiratorial again, Ed. I didn't think it was a conspiracy. Okay. I'm just, hey, you know what? Uh, it walks like a duck and quack. Have you, has he, you know what? We've seen him go to church once in seven years. Yeah. Uh, I think probably more accurately, he's an atheist, and worse yet, he's a socialist. And that's why we're having a lot of the problems we're having. Exactly. And let's go to the next clip. ISIL's 10,000 members are all Muslims. None of them are from any other religion. They come from different countries and have one common denominator, Islam. They are following Islam's prophet Muhammad in every detail. They imitate him by growing their beards, shaving their mustaches, and in the way they dress. They follow his command in the Hadith to differentiate themselves from the infidels by wearing by wearing their watches on the right instead of the left hand. They implement Sharia in every piece of land they conquer. They pray five times a day. They have called for a caliphate, which is a central doctrine in Sunni Islam, and they are willing to die for their religion. They are following the steps of Islam's prophet Muhammad to the letter. Yep, I don't think this is a religious group, is it? Uh, no, this is actually, well, what it is, if you want to just tell like it is, what it is is a political movement masquerading as a religion. I think that's an accurate way to portray it. Um, one of the interesting things Obama did say about his speech that kind of ties into this as well, he did say that Islam has to be part of the solution. And you know what? I agree with that, except it's not. Uh, I don't see any significant evidence that Islam is going to reform itself. Uh, no. And and they they bring up their kids in this, so their kids... You got We've we've and I've mentioned this before on the air uh, from the the Egyptian uh, girl, the Egyptian uh, girl of Egyptian descent that works for one of the investors that we work for. That said, her parent her parents actually immigrated here from Egypt. And said the only way we're ever going to win is just to wipe it out, kill everybody, and start over. Because from the time these kids can talk, this is how they're this is what they're being told, and what they're being taught is to hate the infidels. And Bill Whittle mentioned that hey, Islam is is a religion. It's a uh, it's a way of life. It's a uh, it's a system of laws, Sharia law, and it's and it is it's something that is complete inc- incompatible with our constitution. 
Um, I want to play play another clip of this, but but from the last clip, pay attention to this because we all because we know there's Muslim people out there that aren't part of this. But pay attention that the ones that are following ISIS are shaving off their mustache and letting their beards grow long, and they wear their watch on their right hand. I mean, those are some pretty subtle things that maybe no one would even notice. But I noticed when I hear this, so I'm going to start noticing when I see it. Let's play the next clip. You think that ISIL does not speak for Islam because they beheaded an American and they killed those whom they consider infidels. In the same way, Islam's prophet Muhammad beheaded in one day between 600 and 900 adult males in a Jewish tribe called Banu Quraiza. In fact, beheading is commanded in the Quran, in Surah 47, the fourth verse. It says, when you meet the unbelievers and fight, smite at their necks. Ironically, this Surah is called the Surah of Muhammad. Well, that's comforting. Um, You know, again, when he talks about more and more examples uh, of Islam and all the the havoc that it's wreaked, I guess here's my question to you, Ed. Give me one positive contribution that the religion of Islam has done since its inception, like whatever it was, 400 A.D. One, I'll give you as much time as you want to answer that. I I don't know of any. I don't know. I don't know of any. And, you know, for uh, we were talking about. We were talking about people that, you know, that they 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 suspended uh, Colonel Ralph Peters for saying that Obama was a uh, he used a, the p word he wore the p word yes. an incredible p uh, and uh, Stacy Dash uh, from the the five that's on there every now and then who I don't think she's very smart anyway uh, basically almost almost said it on the air that Obama doesn't give a s um, and they both got suspended and uh, from that. And uh, oh, I'm sure he'll be back. That was great for ratings, and we and actually. we were and we were we were talking about that uh, we haven't seen Ann Coulter on there for a while because she was drinking and tweeting one one night and <laughs> and made some derogatory comments about about uh, Jewish people and the Jewish people have tons and tons and tons of of accomplishments, medical, scientific, uh, entertainment, yep. uh, just. Everything, and you don't realize how you know what a big part of our society the Jewish people are, and uh, coming from that coming from that tribe, I'll say you know there's something in the blood of greatness that comes from that, even though the, even though they do seem to sometimes have a black cloud that floats around over their well, heads. Well, and as you say, you know you can point to dozens and dozens of contributions the Judeo-Christian religions have made to the world, dozens of them. There's no equivalent to Mother Teresa on the Muslim side, at least if there is, I'm not aware of her. Um, and the problem is at best, you know, not only does Islam contribute nothing, but it seems like all these countries that are Muslim runner are hugely dysfunctional. Um, this, this movement, this political movement has caused tremendous amount of damage, destruction, misery, and death. And you just got to tell that for what it is. Um, you know, my liberal friends tell me, oh, well, you don't want to make the Muslims mad or offend them. I think that's the absolute wrong thinking. I mean, yes, we're at war. Uh, you need to change your way of thinking. I think we need to make Islamists afraid to make us angry. Uh, it's just like Israel. We're talking about the Jews. Why, why is Israel a fairly safe place? Because they're respected and feared. They Nobody, don't put up with this kind they, of stuff. They know, they know the leadership of this country. is, And, you know, that's what Iran was doing to us when Jimmy Carter was in office. And the day, the day of Ronald Reagan's inauguration, 
They released all the hostages. Exactly. So, so much of this war is psychological, obviously. Bill Whittle said Thursday night um, that his his answer is one carefully placed nuke in the <laughs> – and he said you don't even have to go into the cities. Find out where their where their training camps are out in the out in the desert and drop a nuke and show them that we're serious because you know nuclear you know you drop one nuclear bomb it's not going to kill everybody in the whole country it's going to kill everybody within a certain uh, radius but drop it in the desert near where they're training and show them that we're serious and maybe let's make 900 uh, cruise missiles come out of submarines at the same time and send them in there and show them that we're serious and that we're not messing around and we'll see if uh, we'll see if their their attitude changes you know and i know that i know that hey they're they're not afraid to die for their for their cause you know they think they're going that's they love death the way we love life um but for some reason they sure got wimpy on uh january 20th 1981 when uh when uh, President Reagan was inaugurated. Right. Um, you know, again, a lot, obviously a lot of this is psychological. Um, and I, I love hearing these kind of ideas on what we should do. And, as a, and I got my whole list of this is what we should do as a nation. The problem is we're not going to do any of it uh, because until we get leadership at the top, we're kind of, I feel like we're kind of to an extent kind of sitting ducks, you know? Um, and that's what's going to really be, be a big component of this is a, is a new president. And uh, like I said, unfortunately, we've got a year more of this, Ed. Yes, we do. Let's uh, play the play the last clip how yep. uh, Brother Rashid ends this. I think it's uh, I think his last his last sentence is pretty, pretty uh, important. If Islam is not the problem, then why is it that there are millions of Christians in Middle East and yet none of them has ever blown up? himself to become a martyr even though they live under the same economic and political circumstances and even worse why have many muslims in the west also joined isil if islam is not the reason why have even new converts to islam become terrorists mr president if you really want to fight terrorism then fight it at the root how many saudi sheikhs are preaching hatred how many Islamic channels are indoctrinating people and teaching them violence from the Quran and the Hadith? How many Friday sermons are made against the West, freedom and democracy? How many Islamic schools are producing generations of teachers and students who believe in jihad and martyrdom and fighting the infidels? And finally, how many websites are funded by governments, your allies? that have sheikhs who issue fatwas against basic human rights. If you want to fight terrorism, start from there. By the way, I do not give my full name because Islam is a religion of peace. Nice. Um, The one point that he does make that I think is a very powerful one is that our so-called ally in Saudi Arabia, that's kind of a joke. They practice Sharia law, right? And we expect them to be our ally against ISIS, which wants to do what? practice sharia law and make us practice sharia law so isn't that kind of odd that you know on the one hand saudi arabia is supposed to be our ally and on the other hand they're basically promoting the same ideology as the terrorists yeah i think uh we need to rethink some of our relationships over there i think we need to rethink some of our relationships around the world and i like what uh carly fiorina said when she when she can't campaign say we need to go back to budget start at zero budget and say we give this much money to this country every year let's start at zero do we need to give them anything 
is there let's rethink every little penny that we that we spend but especially hey Saudi Arabia what is why are we why are we giving you guys money and uh, and Pakistan, why are we giving you guys money? Because they're clearly not our friends. Or the Palestinian Authority, for that matter. Basically, a terrorist organization. We're helping to fund this. There's just like no common sense when it comes to giving away taxpayer money to countries that are hostile. Makes no sense. Exactly. And uh, Don and I took a Uber ride, an Uber ride in uh, in New York from our hotel to the to the airport. Our first Uber ride. Now we're Uber professionals. But uh, the the driver was from Ghana, Ghana, which is a, uh, a country in Western Africa. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he talked about when the United States sends aid over there, we, we drop a bunch of medical supplies or food or stuff. The the government takes it and the people that need it never get it because they don't care. That's the kind of governments they have. And it's, we're just wasting our money. We are. And I got the same message from the Palestinian territories that I shared with you as well. Whatever money we're sending to the Palestinian Authority is not going to the people who need it. It's basically being gobbled up by the government to do a lot of terrorism and a lot of bad stuff. Exactly. And it's, uh, and it's kind of how I feel a little bit about some of the, these cancer organizations because I don't think anybody wants to – and this is a whole different subject. But I get, to the, I get the feeling that cancer is such a big business that none of these organizations want to cure it. They just want the donations to keep coming in and that we're, we're not making very fast. That's kind of why I stopped uh, giving to those organizations and giving the, the, the local level to the, you know, the Children's Hospital Loma Linda and mostly to veteran things, to veteran uh, causes, uh, which I'll talk more about as uh, in the weeks to come, that my charitable giving is, is now supporting the people that protect our freedom. Right. And supporting, you know, organizations and people that are in your own backyard, obviously, that you know and, and you respect and you trust ultimately. And you know and you know the, the money's actually doing something rather than, you know, the them hey, we're gonna we're gonna beat cancer. How are we gonna do it? Because we're gonna we're gonna do research and we're gonna do this and do that. I'm so tired of hearing Obama say we need to invest in research and education and infrastructure. Right. And then now Hillary Clinton saying the same damn thing. Hey, Infrastructure, research, and uh, and uh, and education. Build roads and bridges. Exactly. Uh, one thing I did want to wrap up, at least, with what what can we do as citizens? You get a gun, get trained, get a concealed carry permit. I'm going for my exam in January. Don't as be afraid. Oh, good for you. Don't be afraid to speak out. Open your big fat mouth like Ed and I do. We don't give a damn about political <laughs> correctness, do we, Ed? No, we don't. That's right. You can't defeat it if you can't name it. Uh, join and support groups like the Tea Party or Act for America. Uh, get involved, read books, get educated, and most of all, defeat Hillary Clinton exactly. next November. We'll talk about that next hey, time. Hey, Christmas is coming up. That's a chance for you to get with all your dumb your dumb relatives <laughs> that you don't really like and don't think think straight. Make sure you teach them how to think. Scott, thanks for being on the show again. My pleasure, We'll Ed. see you back here next week after we talk about the debate. Nice. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and we'll be back again with you next week. Hey!